0: On today's Locked on Thunder podcast, we're joined by Michael Martin to discuss the Thunder season ahead, give you bold predictions, and play a game of fact or fiction on today's show.
1: You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor in chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can even text the show. 405-963-3686 on today's show brought to you by bird dogs we're joined by michael martin to discuss the upcoming thunder season play a game of fact or fiction would you rather give you bold predictions and discuss the thunder win total this season today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs go to birddogs.com slash on nba and enter the code locked nba you can get a free water bottle with every purchase you will not want to take your bird dogs off we promise so go check them out today michael how are you doing today on this really, really good Thursday afternoon?
1: I am doing incredibly well. I heard the magic words of Would You Rather, which is giving me like flashbacks to our Would You Rather podcast with uh Derek Parker and Clemente Almanza. We had both parts, the unhinged and the regular one. So I'm not sure what to expect, but in those questions, but I'm expecting a lot of fun. Always happy to come on here with you.
0: It is always very fun. You can follow Michael on Twitter at Michael on sports. And let's go ahead and tease a huge announcement, huge announcement that'll come out eventually. So make sure you follow him on Twitter to get that information. Now, Michael, this thunder team, I think is the most exciting, most anticipatory team that the thunder have had since the okay three year. Do you agree with that assessment?
1: I'd agree with that. I mean, I mean, that season that was coming off uh, Russ's MVP season, they trade for Paul George and Carmelo. This season, it's the anticipation of Chet. It's Shea coming off his uh, first team All-NBA season. Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams, uh, Dub both look great. I'm super excited for this season. And I think a lot of fans who were kind of in hibernation for the last couple of years are starting to get waking, uh, woken up. And I think they're going to be really excited as well to see this team.
0: Yeah, I think that this team can be really good, and it's going to be interesting to see what this season shapes up as, because it can go a a variety of ways, and that's what makes it so exciting, is because this Thunder team is still so young, they've still got to figure out how to gel, and it it can go one of two ways for me. I don't think that this team will, will finish worse than last year. So let's take that out of the equation for me personally. I think that, that at worst, they're a playing team at best. They are like the Kings of last year who just surge forward for a three seed if they hit the ground running. So the, the thing with this thunder team is they won 40 games last year, a 16 win improvement. And yet we still expect them to take a massive leap in win total, which is just really hard to do. It would be uh, another anomaly season for the thunder to be able to do that. So, The Thunder might improve and might look on the court a lot better than they looked last year while also kind of maintaining that same level of wins that they had last year and that same kind of finish for them. But they could also, like I said, be that that Kings storyline. And so the the two areas uh, and the two different finishes are going to make things interesting. And so we can just start right there. And as we sit here a week before Sam talks, two weeks before media day and training camp, What is your gut feeling on how this Thunder season will go? Will they have that Kings-like run? Will they be in the play-in tournament? Will they finish somewhere in between in a very volatile Western Conference?
1: I guess I'll go with the conservative of in-between answer. I I think it's around like the play-in to six is probably where they end up. And a lot of this, like you mentioned, the Thunder can be a lot better and it might not translate to wins. They could have a much better point differential. But the reality is you look up and down the West – I think every single team other than two being Portland and San Antonio feels like they should make the playoffs or is trying to get into the playoffs. There's not going to be a lot of easy wins out here like there have been in years past where there have been some teams more focused on draft and development. Right now, it seems like almost every team in the West especially is aiming for the postseason. So I think the Thunder are going to be in a nice spot. Uh, You mentioned the Kings. One thing the Kings had last year was just incredible health. And that's not something you can guarantee with the Thunder. They had probably really I would consider good health last year, other than Chet. Most of the guys stayed healthy, other than you had a stretch with Shea where he was out. But there were no long term things of Josh mi- missing thirty games. J Dub had his thing early in the season, then and it really took off late. But health is going to be one of the main things. But I would I would put them more in the six, seven, eight, nine than probably the top of the West. I think that veteran teams are just going to have um, an advantage of knowing how to win and more experience playing together.
0: Yeah, whenever you exclude Chat from last year's team, you had the Poku injury, you had the Kenny Hustle injury. But other than that, they, they, they were able to uh, get out of there as scot-free as you can in the NBA. It's an 82-game season, you're going to see some injuries, but ultimately they, they had relatively good health. Now, with that assessment on their seeding, it brings us to our good friends at FanDuel who already have the over-unders out there for NBA teams. Let's zero in on the Thunder's over-under. Over-under, half wins for the Thunder. If I force you to bet, because this is a really good number from FanDuel, so if I force you to bet, would you bet the over or under? Will they win 45 games or will they win less than 44 games?
1: So I'm super high on this team, but I would take the under just because that's so many games and you're looking at last year of the teams that won around this range, and like I mentioned earlier, just how stacked this West is going to be, I think that you're going to see some teams like the Thunder be a lot better and win less games. I think that they could win around 43, but 44 and a half, you'd have to go to 45 to take the over. I think that's a little bit ambitious for me. I'd love to be wrong and come on here in a year and apologize to everyone and wear a clown suit, but I'd probably be more reluctant in that because the reality is Shea is coming off his first team all NBA season. That's awesome. That's something you can kind of take to the bank. He's going to be really good. But Josh and J-Dub are both under 23, still trying to find themselves. And Chet hasn't played competitive basketball in a year coming off an injury. So there are guarantees with Shea. But outside of that, on the rest of the roster, they're just so much up in the air that I, I wouldn't go that far to put money on the over. All
0: right, you heard it here first. If the Thunder win forty-four or more games, Michael Martin will be back on Lockdown Thunder
1: wearing a clown suit. Forty-five the... games. 45. Let's let's if,
0: if if they win forty-five or more yep. games, they'll be down. in a clown suit. So I cannot wait for that. It'll be the day before the postseason, just as I had to pay off that Frank Sinatra bet, which was really unfair. That was not that was in Salt Lake City, and I was under the impression of what's said in Salt Lake City, especially late at night. Uh was going to stay in Salt Lake City. It did not, so I had to pay off that bet. You're going to have to pay off the clown suit bet if the Thunder hit their over. So it can give you more incentive to go over to FanDuel and bet the over for the Thunder. Now, Michael, it feels like the Thunder starting five is pretty solidified. Of they're at least going to be with this starting group opening night, I think will be SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, J-Dub, and Chet. So in your opinion, what is the best five guys that the Thunder can put on the floor. What, what, what do you think would be the best five-man lineup whenever this season is all said and done?
1: Well, first, I'm going to try not to give any more predictions that will leave me in a costume. Um, I should have been more careful with my words, but there, there's just so many good lineups. So I'll, I'll just roll through a few before I finally get to the one that I like the most, but it feels like the the core four are kind of set of Chet, J-Dub, Josh, Shay. But you can throw Dort out there for the traditional starters. If you want Isaiah Joe out there for some more shooting, uh, Meechich, the international man of mystery, we still don't know what exactly is going to happen with him. But um, I'm going to go with the old tried and true. I'm going to go with Kenny Hustle. I think he just kind of is the ultimate glue guy for this team and can just fit in any nook and cranny and crevice this team needs on the floor where you're like, we need a shooter. It's like, I can do that. We need someone to go guard this guy. I can do that. We need someone to bring up the ball up the floor kentrich williams outside of that free throw shooting kind of bug that he's still dealing with i just have a lot of confidence in him working with that unit and just lifting them up
0: yeah i think that the starting five will be uh, a really good lineup for the thunder but i think that the thunder are going to have flexibility uh, for closing out games. Like, I think that they're going to start pretty much every game whenever those five guys are healthy with Shay, Josh, Dorp, J Dub, Chet. But I think that they're going to close games in, in a variety of ways. Whenever they need more offense, you could see. You know Isaiah Joe in there. You could see Mitchich in there. You could see, uh, of course, like you said, Kenny Hustle in there. If you're gonna want to play smaller and faster, uh, you can see Dort in there for defense, and and Kaysen and Dort both together for defense. So there's a lot of different ways to peel back the onion on the lineup, and and we know that Mark is is not afraid to experiment, and that I think that that's part of what make what makes Mark such a good coach is that you can often see these coaches, you know, sit here before training camp and get this idea in their head of what this what their team is and what their best solutions are and they get stubborn and they stick with it and they don't try new things. And then you're left holding the bag whenever something falls through. Whereas with Mark going through the the, the entire roster, yes, there are some nights where you'd prefer to see uh, like an Aaron Wiggins, you and I are both big Wiggins advocates, but it also leads to down the road. You can then refer back to different lineup data of things you've tried before and know kind of how they look in a real NBA game. And you're not going into, Really, any situation cold, but the, I think that the best lineup will be will be situational dependent. Like I think that the best lineup offensively for the Thunder would include Isaiah Joe. I think the best lineup defensively for the Thunder would, of course, include Chut and Dort together, uh, and, and you just kind of cycle through that way. But ultimately, I think that we can both settle with that starting five being a really good one for this Thunder team. Now, I want to see what makes this season successful because there's a lot of expectation and this is the first time that this thunder group is playing with somewhat of of pressure from this fan base of of what to do so what will make this season successful but first i want to tell you right now about good friends over at bird dogs bird dogs are great they are the thunder of apparel because their shorts their khaki shorts are so versatile they are they are fit, slimmer through the thighs, and they give you that truly sculpted look. They also give you flexibility, breathability, and versatility because you can wear these bird dog shorts into a business meeting and look sharp. You can wear them onto the pickleball court. You can wear them to the Thunder media game playing basketball. You can do a lot of different things with these bird dog shorts. And if you go there right now to birddogs.com and you go slash locked on NBA. Or use the code LockedInNBA at checkout. You will get a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogscom NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You will not want to take off your Bird Dogs. We promise you that. We're back on Lockdown Thunder on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Today is Friday. We made it through another week, and we're almost. Basketball season Sam Pressy talks this upcoming week. Then it's Media Day Training Camp, and away we go with preseason and the regular season. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Michael Michael Martin is with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael on sports. And Michael, we've talked seeding, we've talked over-unders, stripping away win total, if you can. However, you want to answer this question, but this is the first time that the Thunder are experiencing pressure. And, it, and it's coming from a lot of different areas. Like there's, there's national people who are predicting the Thunder will be a good team and their dark horse team and, and, and going to win a lot of games. Locally, uh, fans of the Thunder are predicting them to win 50 games and, and to take this massive leap. And that would be a 10-game improvement again uh, this season, which would be, again, an anomaly for what we typically see in the NBA. Through all of that, through all of the noise and through all, through all of this team playing with pressure for the first time,
1: what has to happen this year for you to consider it a successful season? Like you mentioned, it's an anomaly for like the first iteration of the Thunder, where they lose as an eight seed to the Lakers, who go on to win it, and then they're the two seed the next year. Like that's just crazy. That's not how it normally works. For a successful season, like you mentioned, I'm not thinking about wins and losses. I want to see the chemistry brewing for the the core four of these guys. I want to see high level basketball elite play from them for stretches. Like it's not going to be the whole season, obviously, but I want to see them have some upset against a team. That's trying to compete right now. I want to see the the flashes of like, Oh, this is what it could be because I think we all have faith in Mark as a developmental coach and he's going to put these guys in the best spot to succeed. But I think you just want to see those flashes of who these guys could be in a few years when they all truly have their ground, uh, have their feet on the ground, in the NBA and are comfortable.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you of like, to me, this season is about players and not wins. And that's not to say that the Thunder are going to tank. They're not going to tank. They're, they're going to try to win games. But in the process of trying to win games, they're going to try to prepare this core together as another year where you're you're shuffling through the roster, exploring the roster, as the Thunder like to put it. Uh, and, and, and so you want to see... For example, let's take the core four. You want to see Chet just play basketball, like knock the rest off. And, and eventually, by the end of the year, you're playing closer to that Gonzaga expectation uh, than not. You want to see Josh Giddy take a step as a scorer offensively, uh, look at, like an improved defender. You want to see, of course, SGA continue on his pace that he was on last year. You, I want to see J-Dub be more aggressive this year. Like if J-Dub takes a step in aggression and hunting his shots and, and and being a force offensively and takes a little bit of a regression and efficiency, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I consider that a success for J-Dub. And then you just go on down the list of, you want to see Jang be more playable. You want to see Casey Wallace make an impact as a rookie. Uh, so like, I think it's way more individualized than team-wise. I think that we're kind of putting the cart before the horse a little bit on the team expectations for this Thunder uh, roster. Now, if you did want to, do that and put the cart before the horse. And you were worried about winning games this year as, as your main focus. What's the biggest area of concern for you
1: with this Thunder team? I would say the, the biggest thing that would get in the way is just health because we know Chet's coming off this big injury. Shea last year was healthy, but hasn't been the picture of health throughout his entire career in terms of just getting uh, bumped and nicked up throughout time. Um, giddy's been really really healthy and like an iron man for a lot of this other than a couple ankle injuries here and there J Dub, other than whenever he got elbowed by jaden mcdaniels has been nice but i think that's something that could derail things is when these guys finally get a nice chemistry built and get a nice rhythm and then you just lose the guys for 30 games i think that that would be the biggest thing because i think the thunder are going to keep growing and gelling as a team and you know we have the concerns about some of the big man play or shooting but this team is going to live and die based on how those four guys mesh together and play at a high level.
0: Yeah, I I think that you're absolutely right because for as good as the Thunder have already been and for as as good as they're tracking to be, they've played zero minutes together. Like This core four that we are all projecting to be, uh, if they reach the projections that people have both nationally and locally, it'll be a historic core that the Thunder have built. They've played zero minutes yet, and they still had a 16-win improvement. They still went to the play-in. They still were a game away from going to the post to, to the actual playoffs. So uh, it, it's simply just getting time together, and and there, it's a double-edged sword of getting time together in terms of it'll help you win games this year. But also, as the clock begins to tick on on years left and and the windows are never as open as you think that they are, yada, 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 you need the most data possible from now on each and every season to figure out what you need. Because as, as everyone wants to make these leaps to who the Thunder are going to trade for, what stars are they going to go after, What do, what do they need? You cannot possibly know what you need without seeing this team play. And we haven't seen this team play yet. And we still won't have a total grasp. Even if they play all 82 games for 48 minutes, we will not have a total grasp on what this team is even after this season. But the more they play, the better off that you are for it. And and the and if you can get into the playoffs and, and face a seven-game series, it'll be the first time that Shea, is in a playoff series as the guy, it'll be the first time that Lou Dorr is in a playoff series uh, you know, in, a, in an actual road environment and home environment in the playoffs, and then we know that for the rest of the roster, it'll be the first time in the playoffs, and for your head coach, it'll be the first time in the playoffs, and so you you get that data point, too, of who rises, who might take a step back in the playoffs, and what kind of some deficiencies are as the game changes in the postseason, so I think that it all comes down to, for this team, health and, and time, and, and getting that kind of uh, just just simply, just simply getting that run uh, this year. Now, if the Thunder were to make that Kings-like surprise, and they're a top three seed, top four seed in the West, which of these two things gives the Thunder the best chance to do that? A huge leap from Josh Giddy or a huge leap from J-Dub?
1: That's interesting. Uh, we talked about it on one of the Would You Rather pods, but I think that Giddy's top 1% ceiling is higher but I would go with Jada because he's going to be the more reliable scorer, and that's what the Thunder need in a lot of ways is another guy who can go and score 2018 points next to Shea consistently because a lot of the times last year it was Shea gets 30 and then it's a bunch of points by committee and I don't know that that's sustainable I think that you need to have a hierarchy of other guys and I think that Jada kind of projects to be that guy just with physical tools, but it's going to be up to him on just how aggressive he wants to be playing. But I, I take dub. What about you?
0: Yeah. I, I think that Dub fits with what is it is an easier fit with what the thunder are, are building than you know, for him to take another leap in Josh Giddey. However, with Josh Giddey's elite playmaking, and the the ability for Jedd to play a complementary role as a cutter and as a relocator on the perimeter, and the pick and roll with Chet Holmgren, and we've seen Shea thrive off ball before. For him to take a step as a scorer, uh, attacking the rim at hard as he did at the end of last year, as he did in FIBA, shooting the ball better from the mid range, and of course improving from three. If he took a massive leap, which would consider all those things as a scorer, and he now he now is garnering attention defensively, you know, from from opposing defenses, he's now garnering attention that takes away attention from somebody else that that spreads the other team extremely thin and he has the the playmaking ability to exploit that and so i think that you can make the case for josh giddy to be if he takes that big leap and then jadeb just maintains what he did last year that raises the bar for what this thunder team can be because of uh, of what it would mean for how defenses uh match up against the thunder uh and and how you have to worry about so many different levels and areas and players on the court for okc uh, but Last question in this category. I'm going to give you the floor and you can, you can take this question and oh do thing you want to do. Do you have
1: any single prediction about anything Chet Holmgren related? I think that he's going to have the most blocks in a season by a Thunder player since Serge Ibaka was on the team total in a okay. season. I, I, I don't know how bold that is just because the Thunder haven't been known for the rim protection since then, but I think that Chet is going to be an immediate impact on that end because we saw it in summer league and we've seen it in Gonzaga tape and everywhere else of over and over guys just seem to feel like they can try Chet and it never ends well. I mean, they, he's gotten dunked on a couple of times, but that's just how it works. But I think that pretty early he's going to establish himself as one of the better rim protectors in the NBA, like top 10, 15 ish. I don't, I don't think that's crazy. What about you?
0: do you have a Chet Holmgren nickname like we had Serge Oblaca? Is there one for Chet Holmgren?
1: That is a great question for someone who is quicker on their feet with nicknames than me. I I wish I I will have to get back to you on that. Hopefully not wearing a clown suit whenever I get back to you on it, but I will get back to you with something better. I know I've liked all the memes of him looking like Wolverine recently, but that doesn't have anything to do with like a pun or defense. You will for sure be on this podcast again
0: before you would owe us a clown suit. So your homework is between now and then, before the clown suit edition, to have a, a Chet Holmgren nickname, maybe something like uh, Chet Home. Don't try that in my home. You know, get it out of my house. Says a- okay. Anyway, coming up, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the national narrative of the Thunder possibly getting a star, maybe not trading for a star. Who knows? We're we'll talking the arena and. We'll play our favorite game, Fact or Fiction, with this Thunder season all coming up. But first, what to see right now about our good friends over at DoorDash. DoorDash is incredible, folks. You're going to want to check this out because no matter what pops up, right, if, you, if you're sitting at home and you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer, Italian's the way to go, by the way, you, maybe you're making pancakes and you realize, oh, no, I don't have any maple syrup, You can get DoorDash to DoorDash you groceries. If you're sitting there and you're just hungry for a meal but don't feel like cooking, you can get DoorDash to DoorDash you a meal. It is fantastic. They can do so many great things for you. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can trust them to deliver your grocery uh, items as well. And so make sure you check it out today because they actually deliver it to you to your door. They have thousands of grocery stores to choose from, and you can get make sure you have the best of the best in your house at all times because it can help you boost the local economy. And with each and every order, they help you restock your home and make sure you have what you need and all the necessities that you have for any given situation. So check it out today uh, at DoorDash. You can go there right now to DoorDash. And whenever you use the code locked in MBA at checkout for a limited time only, you get 50% off a $10 minimum order. So make a uh, $20 minimum order. So make sure that you go there right now and enter the code locked in That's code locked in for 50% off your first DoorDash order. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Really quickly, Michael, this, the Chris Mannix, He he had the nerve to call this an educated take, by the way, about the Thunder, like if they're playing good in in January, they're going to blow it all up and go get Dame Lillard, who doesn't even begin to fit with the Thunder. The Thunder are not trading for a star this year. I think that we can both pretty confidently say, correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, also, uh, if you're saying it's an educated take before you make the take, it's usually not that educated. No hate to Chris, uh, but yeah, Dame, not a chance. And then a superstar this year unless there's something one in a billion where Giannis is like, I want to play with the thunder and um, I want you to give up nothing to get me unless something like crazy storybook happens. I just don't see it because like you alluded to earlier in the podcast, the thunder don't even know what they have yet. in these guys, and I think the number one scenario for them that they would like to see is that you don't have to trade for a star. All these guys just work out, but yeah, I I don't foresee a star trade of a superstar trade or anything like that this season.
0: Yeah. And and I, and I'm not sure if one's ever going to come. I think that there's a, there's a possibility that once you do see this core play that, that all they need is someone to get you over the hump and complete the core versus uh, enhancing the core. And so, yeah, it's just get the Dame Lillard stuff out of your mind. Uh, It is not worth thinking about, but on the arena, let's take this from a different angle. Is there anything that you're hoping that the new arena should it pass and everything includes like is there anything that you're excited about we get the new jumbotron at paycom center this year that is something i'm really excited about but at the new arena one thing that i think we all can agree on is thunder alley returning and and making it sort of like the deer district making it like jurassic park in toronto uh doing all this doing like kind of all that stuff around the arena will be fun but off the top of your head is there anything that you really want to see included in this new arena
1: I mean, that was the number one undisputed, uh, undefeated seed of that's what people want, is they want to be able to watch games out there in the same way they did for those Russ Russ KD teams. It just looks so much fun to be out there. You mentioned the Deer District and what they did in Toronto. But on top of that, um, let's get, you know, this is going to be insider baseball, maybe not for everyone. I'll, I'll have a different one that includes everyone, but... Let's have a bigger media room uh, where we don't have like chairs to the ceiling uh, and people standing up at times. I think that would be very nice. I remember Steven Adams walked in. He's like, you have a new media room. What is this? You trade me and now you finally get one. But I think that would be nice. And then just um, another thing, I want some type of beam level gimmick for the arena it doesn't have to be the exact same as the beam, but just something that fans can sink their teeth into and attach to as like a meme thing that is associated with the team in the arena. I
0: like it. I like it. I think those are two good things, but let's now go into factor fiction. Ooh, Factor fiction. Chet Holmgren will average
1: two blocks per game. Uh, Fact. Say that pretty quickly. I I believe if I believe in Chet, um, I think that, especially with Lou funneling him, funneling offensive players into him. I think that Chet's going to be there, and he's going to play a lot of minutes. He's going to have the opportunity for it, and he's already shown great shot-blocking instincts, so I'll, I'll say fact on that.
0: Factor fiction, Chet Holmgren wins Rookie of the Year. He's second in odds on FanDuel right now.
1: I'll say fiction only because traditionally Rookie of the Year is not um, other than like Scotty Barnes a few years ago is usually a guy who puts up a lot of numbers on a team who really needs him to do so. And a guy like scoot is just going to have so much freedom and you're just taking Chet versus the entire field instead of something like Chet over under two blocks. I'll, I'll say fiction on that, but I still think Chet's going to be really good in his rookie year.
0: Factor fiction. Mark wins coach of the year. He's the favorite right now on FanDuel to do it.
1: Oh boy. Um, I'll say fact, it, it feels like one of those things where you remember how the Heisman used to be, where it's like you have to have a really good year. And then the next year, if you have another really good year, you can win it. it seems mm-hmm. like coach of the year is sort of like that, where Monty Williams had like a really good year. And they're like, well, we'll give it to you this next season. And then they've been kind of late year after year to give somebody one. But I think Mark's going to be in a really nice spot. I think a lot of people are becoming more and more aware of how great of a coach he is. And I think that it's going to be really nice to see him get some credit and um, the team's going to be good. So I'll say fact.
0: Fact or fiction, Shea is a first team All-NBA guard again. I guess it's positionless, but first team All-NBA again.
1: I'll say fact. Um, I think that we're going to see some new things with these new uh, rest rules in the 65 games. And I think you're going to see the All-NBA teams get younger and younger as more of these teams focus on the postseason. And it just doesn't interest some of these guys. Like, does it really add to Steph's legacy to get another All-NBA by playing more games than to be ready for the playoffs and try to chase a ring? That's not to say that, like, Shea would be gifted this. I think he's one of the best guards in the NBA. And I think he's, he's set up to do so. I, it feels like a coming out party for him uh, after last year and going through FIBA. And it feels like people are finally on the train and ready to recognize it.
0: Factor fiction. Mijic is a staple of Mark's rotation the entire season when
1: healthy. I have a question for you. What what is a staple of the rotation in your opinion?
0: So I would consider this as in like there's no just random DNP CD. Like there's no real explanation for it. You just didn't play that night, and like you just just kind of bouncing in and out that
1: way. So like the Kenrich Williams type of spot right. in the rotation. Um, I'll say fact on that. Um, they might do some weird things and rest him on like a back-to-back or something like that but mm-hmm. you have a guy who i think that mark is going to love immediately he's going to be one of the few adults in the room um and he's going to be a guy who projects to have a skill set that complements almost everyone on the roster so i'll say fact
0: factor fiction two of the core four players jada josh chet and Shay, become all-stars at some point and we're counting sga so basically Does one more of that group become an all-star at some point in their career?
1: So does, yeah, just one more, I would say fact. Uh, The only thing that I would put as like a caveat is I'm not necessarily sure that all these guys, it happens with the thunder. That's not to say that like we're thinking about trading anyone, but these guys have about 15 years ahead of them. And i just have a hard time believing one of those three guys with how talented they are and how good they are. Wouldn't find themselves in an all-star game at some point.
0: Factor fiction, Usman Jang gets noticeable playing time this year.
1: Noticeable, so like 18 minutes. I'd, a say, game, I'd say, yeah, I'd say impactful. Like like he is playing in games
0: that are in the balance, and like he is he is in there 15 plus minutes per game, and he is he's in there and he's and he's playing in games that matter.
1: I'll say fact. I mean, you just look at the back end of the rotation with a lot of the bigs, and it's like Bertans. we already know that he's kind of being bubble wrapped just in terms of you don't want to risk this contract being guaranteed if you want to trade him at the deadline he'll still play but i don't think you want to risk that um j will is going to play more center kennerich can play some of the forward spots but if you're saying who's going to play more between jang poku jre and guys in that sort of vein i'm going to say jang not only because he has the most potential but because the thunder have the most invested in him
0: factor fiction last one case wallace plays at least three games for the blue as part of development. So not due to injury, not due to like a rehab assignment, but he plays three games for the blue just to simply get him more run and get him some development.
1: I'll say a fact on that. Um, I think that if M- Michich wasn't on the team, I might say fiction, but we saw Jang through like no fault of his own. And it's not a demotion go to the, the G league, just get some extra reps. And I think that's something that you would want to see with case and where, especially with the thunder, he's going to be, A role player he's going to play off the stars he's going to spot up he's going to play defense and in the g like you've seen before with other guys you can showcase yourself a little bit more and show what you can be as a guy with a little bit more usage in the ball in your hands like we saw this exactly last year with uh
0: Yeah, I'd be shocked if he didn't play more than three games in the G League, just because that's, like you said, it's just part of how the Thunder develop their players. It's, it's nothing negative, it's, it's a great tool, and they have a great coaching staff down there with Cam Woods. And so I think that uh, this is going to be very valuable for him to play in the G League. So let's end it with this the last question of today's show. Give me your hottest take involving the Thunder or basketball, just anything regarding the NBA. It can be Thunder focused, it can be NBA focused. What's your hottest take right now going into the year?
1: Uh, I've got a two for one. So I have a Thunder one and an NBA one. I'll give you the Thunder one first. This is uh, one that you and I texted about. The the Gordon Hayward trade at the deadline for Bretons and filler, I think would be nice. I think he's a Thunder guy as a vet who can come in and play. He's not going to stunt any of the growth of the younger guys, and he can help make you uh, get a little bit better for a potential postseason push. And then his money comes right off the books at, at the end of the season.
0: I like that one. You sent me the screenshot of you cooking up that trade in the trade machine. And I I can't lie. I was very, uh, I was very intrigued by it.
1: Yeah. I'm trade machine maestro. Ah. A lot of people is what they call me. Ah. I I, I do my best, but yeah, love the trade machine. And then um, if you are ready, I will give you my, my other hot take that is more NBA centric. Let's do it. The title window for the Boston Celtics has closed unless they make some superstar uh, trade where they trade Tatum or or not, they're not going to trade Tatum, but they trade Brown for somebody like a Donovan Mitchell or Damian Lillard. I think they missed their window where they had a lot of depth on those teams where you're seeing guys like Grant Williams are gone. uh, Marcus Smart are gone. And the big issue I've had for this team for years is that they don't really have a a point guard. And what they did to solve it was uh, trade one of their guards to get another injury prone big guy. And it feels like, the Celtics are a calculator team where they're just hoping they make enough threes to beat every team, but there's not enough playmaking from Tatum or Brown. I think they kind of overlap each other in strengths and weaknesses, not in a great way. So I'm, I'm sure I will make some of my friends who are Celtics fans upset, but that that is my hot take is that it's a it's Jover for Joe Missoula.
0: Wow. I like it. I like the pun. I like the take. It's going to be interesting to track all year long. Michael, always great to have you on. Uh, always going to look forward to having you back on Lockdown Thunder. Again, follow him on Twitter at Michael on Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles and also subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast from. And until next time, be good and be good to one another.